Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Here we go. The three-hour weekend ride starts now. He's Adrian Broaddus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We will deliver a quick 180-minute sports extravaganza to you here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Coming up later on the show, some fun stuff today. We're going to have Rob Domofsky, ESPN.com, talking about Aaron Jones' contract restructure. That'll keep him a Packer for the next couple years. So Rob Domofsky at 5. Aggie men's baseball coach Mike Kirby coming up at 6. NMSU baseball season starts tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. They've got a weekend series out there at the Q. I like the Q. It's a good name for it. Presley Askew Field, but the cool kids call it the Q. Uh, that's not to be confused with KLAQ, our partner station. Uh, no, this is a little different. Meanwhile, as we kick things off, once again, last night, got to give you credit, Adrian. You and Sal took the airwaves. Minor talk was a just a, I mean, how do you how do you describe what minor talk morphed into last night? Well, I'll just say it was unexpected. That's what I thought because yesterday, after UTEP lost seventy-nine to sixty-six to UAB, a blowout loss at home against the third-best team in the conference, um, at home again in front of pretty much nobody. I mean, no mm-hmm. one showed up to the Haskins Center last night. Uh, by the time uh, tip-off hit, more people started to trickle in, but it was scattered. Not a great crowd at all. And uh, what we did not expect uh, on minor talk was to be flooded with calls like we were last night in frustration after the loss for uh, the Miners against UAB. Fan base is out right now. They're they're really disappointed in this basketball team. Well, you can understand why. Um, I feel like I've seen this game a lot this year. Um, you play tough, you keep it close, and then the opposition has one good run. One good run. Or they outscore UTEP by, by 10 or 12 during that run, and it's ball game. I feel like I've seen that a lot this year. It's the strange thing about this team is, um, yeah, I feel like at times we're starring in Groundhog Day. Uh, don't you agree, though, Adrian? Don't you feel like all it took was one run, and that was the end, and, and UTEP could not come back? And it was a close game at the half. Uh, they were hanging tough, but... Too many times this year when one team gets hot, bangs a couple threes, and outscores the Miners like you know, 10 or 12 nothing. that's it. UTEP's done. They can't come back. You know, I feel like every we've also described some of the games as being like they, they do everything right except for one thing, and that one thing kills them. And uh, unfortunately, we see that way too many times for the UTEP men's basketball team. Last night, they're just allowing UAB to score at will, especially from beyond the arc. I mean, hitting nine three-pointers, including Jelly Walker, who had 22 points with uh, four different three-point shots yesterday. Uh, it's hard to win in those situations right there. And it's also hard to win when you're uh, down four and you try an alley-oop that frustrates fans uh, to all measures. I mean, there's just a lot of bad uh, images that stuck out to me last night, highlights from last night's game uh, that I just didn't like. I the, I thought it was weird when they're down by like 15, they get on a break and they try an alley-oop. I'm like, you know what? When you're up by 15, all right, I can understand that. But when you're down by 15, um, forget 
you know, the razzle-dazzle, which, by the way, did not work. That was another problem. The alley-oop went horribly wrong, and I think they got fouled on the play. But still, um, listen, make your shots. Try to climb back into the game. Do what you got to do. Do you believe the team is checked out at this point with five games left in the season? I feel like it's it's always hard to say things like that, but I'll tell you this. It, it probably doesn't feel great being 12 and 14, being close in these games and never actually pulling them off if you're on this team. So as far as motivation, what you're trying to play for right now, I don't know, Steve. Uh, you hear from head coach Joe Golding talking about uh, questioning leadership consistently at times, and I think that's where it stems from. The leadership might be lacking here. They, they might just may have not have gotten the right guys for this year's team. Joe Rod uh, said, you the the clip yesterday about Joe Golding talking about leadership. He also talked about the El Paso Sierra Vista Mall uh, incident from uh, uh, Wednesday that that really took this city by storm in a in a big way. Um, we've later found out details on that incident, but not not Wednesday at about six o'clock. It was crazy. Um, let's do this. Let's play the clips from uh, last night that really sparked everything, got minor talk uh, completely uh, going, and then we'll let you chime in on this and we'll get our thoughts in as well. Here's uh, Joe. Yeah, I think it's been a battle all year. Yeah, it's been a battle all year. You know, let's, let's be honest. It's been a battle all year uh, behind the scenes. We really don't have a leader, you know, and so uh, it's just it's something that we, we've battled, and um, when, when you don't have a player-led program at times, it makes it difficult, you know, and so um, – you know that, that that's been that's been a that's been a struggle um, with us, but um, and, and and then I thought our ball movement. I just think our ball movement can be so much better. You know, I think we had four assists at, at the end of the first half. We end up with nine. Um, you know, I just think we're taking some tough shots. You know, and we get a really good look. You know, and then there's times we come down, make one pass, and we jack a shot, or we take a tough contested shot, and that's that's tough to do against UAB because they're going to take that and they're gone. You know, in transition. So again, just gotta. Uh, we ain't nothing changed with us, man. You know, we're doing everything the same. Uh, we'll wake up uh, in the morning. We'll uh, actually we'll be up all night watching North Texas tape and get up in the morning, come up with a game plan and practice tomorrow at 3 o'clock and give our guys what we think is the best chance to win. And uh, hopefully our guys can rally and, and can compete on Saturday. We've got, I mean, we, we've got a little bit of leadership. It's just not consistent, right, at times. And, um, you know, and, and, and that's just some things that um, – you know, it's part of it, man. Like, you know, we got hit at the same time with a lot of things, right? Name, image, likeness, transfer portal, uh, all that stuff hit. Um, and, and then you got our whole league seems like got everybody back, right? That team's got all their dudes back. Middle Tennessee's got everybody back. North Texas got people back. Florida Atlantic. And we got a brand new team, right? Um, so uh, Law Tech's got everybody back. Uh, Western Kentucky's got everybody back. You get my point, right? We lost everybody. So all that came together at the same time. But, you know, we're trying to build a culture here. We're trying to, again, trust in the process, continue to, to get better, uh, continue to do things the way we do it, and, uh, uh, you know, finish the season, you know, can continue to fight and compete. All right. Last 20 seconds was, was, was like all the cliches you could possibly throw into one clip. Okay, I got that. But truth is this. Um, the leadership quote, he was right. I mean, it's not like he's wrong. He's right. And I understand that some people last night took that the wrong way because they felt like if there's no leader on the team, maybe you don't make that a public comment. You keep that to yourself. But, I mean, fans can see it. They're not idiots. They understand it. Fans know there's no leadership on this team. I think they get that. Coach is being honest with it. Now, there's two ways you can look at this. Number one, 
The players on the team are going to be upset because their leader went out and said that there is none on the team. Or maybe somebody gets a little fired up and says, you know what? Coach doesn't think we have a leader. Well, I'm going to be that leader. And somebody takes it upon themselves to try to lead the team. But too many times this year, when this team has been in close situations, you need a leader to get you through. They don't have that. They don't. This is a leaderless team this year. That's why they're under 500. They're leaderless. They've got guys that can play, but they're not guys that lead by example on and off the court. That's the problem right now. It's it's very true. And and you want if you want to blame Golden because he brought this group in, that's fair too. That's hey, that's not uh, that's that that's not a you know an assessment that really shouldn't be made. He they recruited this group. So that's they, you know that's they, their fault. They brought in a team without leaders. I I agree with that too. But um, I don't know. I mean, you blame Joe Golding for saying we'd rather have a coach tell me what he really believes and somebody try to BS me after a game when they're two games under five hundred and you know they're obviously not going anywhere at this point and they're kind of uh, getting worse instead of getting better at least at this point in time. You know, I would say this. I just look at the other side of the court last night in the UAB team. You have Jordan Jelly Walker, who's a leader by example on the court and what he's able to do and how he wills his team to victory. And I like how he also uplifts other leaders. Like K.J. Buffin out there, that's a solid uh, college basketball player. Never going to play professionally. Mm-hmm. Not not a guy who's going to make any kind of Conference USA all-team list, but a guy who's been around Conference USA for years and is also a leader by how he carries himself on the court. Eric Gaines as well. He's an NBA prospect, comes from LSU, understands what it means to win, uh, and you know does it at UAB as well. And same with Trey Jemison, um, who is also referenced a ton on Minor Talk, saying UTEP needs a guy like number 55 from UAB. Uh, point is, how UAB builds their team, I feel like is how the Miners should try to strive to build their team. They, they need guys who are kind of alphas in how they do, and they don't need to score 15 points a night to be an alpha. They can be an alpha by what they do on the floor to command everything out there and to make their whole team better and win games. That's a good point. That's fair. I think that's fair. By the way, um, you know, uh, they got Buffin from Mississippi. They got Jelly from Tulane. Guarantee you this, it costs them money to bring those guys in. UAB probably grabbed NIL right when it first started and used it to their advantage. Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised either. Andy Kennedy's a, a forward-thinking guy, and they had an NIL collective there mm-hmm. uh, since day one, pretty I've, much. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. UTEP built this team with no NIL dollars, okay? None. You get what you pay for. I mean, it's great that these guys are on commercials these days. I like watching Calvin Solomon pitch HVAC units. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I also like the fact that Kevin Kalu is getting a little TV work as well, and the minor collective is now starting. But, you know, I mean, they, this is a group that, how can I describe this the best, most accurate way possible? This is a great team. If they had two or three really good players, I would like this group as a supporting cast to surround the two or three really great players. That's the best way I could put it. I feel like this is the kind of team built to help support a couple of alpha dogs that could go out there, drop 15 to 20 a game with regularity, take the big shots when you need it, give you clutch baskets, clutch minutes. They don't have that. So here's what they have. They have, they have, they have a supporting cast without leaders. That's he's, he's 100% right. Fans might not like it because the coach said it, but he's speaking the truth. And, I, again, 
give me a coach that tells me what's on his mind rather than a coach that tries to BS me or, uh, or says what you want to hear but not really the, the, the ultimate truth. I have no problem with this. Yeah, you know what? And uh, one of the things that fans are not accepting anymore is that, oh, well, maybe next year. I get it. I understand why fans want to hold this coaching staff accountable. You just had, we set the expectations before the season started. Uh, no NIL money, uh, lack of resources when it comes to that, when it when it came to building this team specifically. And with the whole new roster, it's going to take time for Joe Golding. But still, when this era of college basketball, fans don't believe those excuses right there and they want a winner. And it's hard to blame them right there. Adrian, I said this team was going to be offensively challenged the minute I saw them play. That was the first thing. We argued about this because you told me they're going to come around. Give them a chance. They're yeah. going to come around. And I said, no, nah, you, uh, you don't come around. You're either, you either have it or you don't. And I felt like when I watched this team play, the hustle was there. The defense was there, um, which obviously wasn't there last night. But I felt like they just they can't shoot. They can't shoot the basketball. They get that's an issue, and it's plagued them during the season. It's it's hurt them this this year, and and the turnovers have been a problem. But again, I mean, it's I don't feel like we've we're seeing anything now that we didn't see in in October, November. The problem is they just they they haven't improved. That's been the biggest issue right now. And they've regressed. I mean, if I'm an opponent right now, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. I'm licking my chops and thinking, man, I get a chance to go up against UTEP. I have my game plan already. Done. Clog the paint up. Force them to shoot outside shots. UTEP will make three pointers, and you win the game. It's simple math. Make more three pointers than your opponent in UTEP, and you win a game. It's sad, but that's the simple math right there. Uh, by the way, Paul Marmalejo just tweeted out: "Never buy players. You got to buy players. That's college sports these days, my man. That's what it is. You got to buy players. How crazy is it, folks? How crazy is it that we are living in a time and an age when we are saying flat out?" They got to go out and buy themselves some players. And it's legal. It's legal. That's what everybody is doing. Thanks to him. They're going out and they're buying players. And now that's become the new norm in college athletics. You know what? Team's not good enough. Go out and spend 30, 50 grand each. Go get yourself a couple ball players. That's what you have to do. That's, that's guess what? That's, that's now what college sports has turned into. It sucks. It, it goes against everything college sports should be about but that's what it is that's the that is the new uh that is the new model for for division one college athletics go buy yourself some talent you say it sucks, and it sucks if you're behind the times, right? It sucks if you don't have those resources to pull from. But if you do, then you can actually – it really doesn't suck because you can actually uh, say, hey, I chose the wrong guys. Next mm-hmm. year I'm going to go out and get the right guys with the money that I have, with the budget that I have to work with. So I, I feel like there's two sides of the coin to this one right here. And for the miners right now, it's about uh, really seeing what – Let me take a quick call. Kurt's been waiting this, ent- this entire time, so let me get Kurt in, then we'll take the break. Come back with more phone calls, 505-6009. Kurt, go ahead. How you doing, Steve? Fine, Kurt. All right. Uh, first of all, I, I guess uh, being a season ticket holder that I am, you yep. know, going to every game, I, I'm very, you know, I, I mean, disappointing is not the word to say. I mean, it's just, this team is very offensively challenged, uh, disappointing to watch them every game. Uh, this coaching staff got these guys in, there's transfers, and they're there to put it, you know, at blame for, for, for bringing these guys in because they're really not good. Like you said, the trans the there's some there's some good guys there that can mix them with teams that no alpha dogs, but some sporting cast. Yep. But we're in the the, the, the NIL deal is uh is what uh, we're not into right now. We got to get into because next year's team we know what we're gonna get, but it's always next year, Steve, and and it's, it's we never know, Steve, what we're gonna get anymore. So that's true. It's the, the, the sign of times, and uh, it's, I'm disappointed that, that it's you said basketball has come this like to this point, and 
we did, we deserve better. Well, the so good I'll, news I'll is, but the that. good news is this. The good news is this. Okay, and I'm going to say yeah, this yeah. real quick to you. If they, <laughs> this is again, it's going to sound ridiculous, but it's true. If they spend wisely and they invest in the right players with the right skill set and what they bring, they can easily buy a team that can win. They can. I mean, that's just, that's what it's, that's, oh God, it sounds so weird. They can buy a team that can win. But everybody else is doing it. So guess what? If UTEP doesn't buy a team, then, you know, or Western Kentucky or Middle Tennessee or Liberty or Sam Houston, or all these teams that are going to be playing in Conference USA. They could all just buy a team, because guess what? That is college athletics in 2023, and if you're behind the times and you don't want to do it and you resist it, guess what? You'll be at the bottom of the league every year. Right, Steve. And who's out there who's going to buy the team, Steve, that locally here? I mean, who's going to do that? Who's going to put the money up? Well, the minor collective's already started, okay? Josh Hunt Hunt has already started the NIL collective. I have no idea how much money is in it. I couldn't tell you that. Can't give you details. But I could tell you this. When you've got one of the wealthiest people in town wanting to get this thing started and do it the right way, that's a pretty good sign. That's a pretty good sign. And he's, by the way, all he cares about is getting UTEP back on top. And as long as it's done legally, without any rules violations, and they do it the right way like everybody else is doing, hey, you can do it. You can bring a couple of big you know, big difference makers on board like they did uh, 17, 18 years ago when they got Philly Rivera and Omar Thomas, the top two junior college players right. in the country, and they turned that team from Gillespie around from a six-win team to a 24-win team overnight. I agree. Let's let's hope we can get something in for next year because this year's team is just flat out. They're just not good. <laughs> well, not good enough. But we know that. Not good enough. Not good enough. You're right. Appreciate the call. Yep. 500 or so in, in Conference USA or below 500, that's not going to do it. That is not going to do it. Fans held Rodney Terry accountable for no not winning uh, those uh, seasons like they could have those mm-hmm. times he was here. And so you got to hold Joe Golden accountable too. And I think he is being held accountable. And I think that's he'll right. be the first to tell you that. that he, you know? he holds himself accountable. Yep, absolutely right. Trust me, I don't think Joe is really enjoying himself uh, right now. He's not uh, exactly getting a ton of sleep these days. All right, 20 past. More phone calls coming up. We've got lines available if you want to fill them up. 505. 505- Six zero zero nine. More sports talk on the way. We'll talk UTEP uh, basketball to begin the show. And like I mentioned, it's it's crazy, but yeah, you gotta you gotta buy that roster and put it back together again. All right, we'll continue right after Charlie One with this traffic update. There's a lot of backup here, and you're in bumper to bumper traffic. I tend to be at us because there's a crash on the left shoulder. Even though it's on the shoulder, you got looky loose spectator delays here backing up there, making it move very slowly at, a, at a, just a, a crawl right there, I tend to be Then also we have a crash on the far east side, Joe Battle and Saragossa on the east side airway in Edgemere, busy intersection to have a crash right there. And where else are you tapping the brakes? I-10 east to the Wattis Port, US-54 south to the Wattis Port, I-10 west to the Wattis Port, that's backing up to Paisano. This update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon. Open for dining and carry out Tuesday through Sunday from 11 to 8. We have the chile con queso, steak or chicken breast, chile con carne, the flautas, fajitas, gorditas, famous tortilla soup, go miners, Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon, Charlie 1600, ESPN El Paso. When a big change in the weather is coming to the borderland, a first alert is the Storm Track Weather Team signal to be prepared. The Kitsie gust up to 50 miles per hour. We issue ABC 7 first alerts for times like this when we have blowing dust and sand, reduced visibilities, and strong winds. We do it days in advance 
to keep your family in the know and keep them safe. First alerts. One more way the ABC7 Storm Track Weather Team helps you plan your day and keep your family safe. I'm Martin Hoke, the inventor of Navage Nasal Care, and I love Navage. I've told you about how your nose is the body's air filter, that Navage's powered suction will help flush out allergens, viruses, mucus, and germs, and that Navage will help you breathe better. But what do other people say about Navage? Like Tara, quote, My doctor wanted me to do saline rinses for my allergies, but I've never been able to successfully use a neti pot. Navage uses suction power, so it's foolproof. There are nights when I'll have particularly bothersome allergies. I'll bust it out, and the results are immediate. It's such a relief. It's become a lifesaver. Unquote. She's one of over 100,000 online reviews praising Navage, the all-natural solution trusted by over 3 million people to help you breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier without drugs. Navage is available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, Target, Rite Aid, and online. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. The spring preview event has arrived with 50% off everything at Banana Republic Factory, now through Tuesday, February 21st. Discover fresh styles for the season rooted in denim and utility. Explore more at your nearest Banana Republic Factory store or online. Hey, El Paso, it's game day, and you know what that means. It's time to feast at Burger Bros. Try a Papa Deluxe Burger Bro or the brand new Bro Steak with papas, frijoles, and tortillas. Take advantage of Dollar Taco's on Taco Bro Tuesdays. Whether you're watching the big game at home or just craving a delicious burger, Burger Bros has you covered. Dine in, take out, or have it delivered straight to your door. 9300 Acer, right off I-10 and Vicount. Burger Bros, perfect for the family. See more specials at Burger Bros on Facebook. The UTEP men's basketball team takes on Conference USA heavyweights UABN North Texas in a crucial homestand. First, the Miners battle the defending league champion Blazers Thursday, February 16th, sponsored by GECU. Then they match up with the Mean Green Saturday, February 18th, sponsored Sponsored by Charlie Clark Nissan. Tip-off for both games is at 7. Mattress Firm is the presenting sponsor of UTEP Men's Basketball. Tickets start at just $9.15. Rise up 915. Visit utepminers.com or call 747-UTEP for tickets. Elegant events begin with heavenly food. Make your event unforgettable with help from Azure Catering and Events. They're a full-service catering company that can take care of everything. Any party, any size, any time. Whether you're tying the knot, getting the family together, or planning a corporate event, Azure Catering and Events is the perfect choice for catering and event coordination. Locally owned and with over 20 years of industry experience, Azure Catering and Events will make your event unforgettable. What if you were the one, the one taking care of loved ones, keeping your family healthy and safe, helping your neighbors, even those you don't know? A career in nursing at Southwest University can be life-changing for you, your community, and loved ones. Make a positive difference in your community with a nursing degree from Southwest University. Enroll today at southwestuniversity.edu. Southwest University makes you happen. 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, 25 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. If you missed minor talk last night, Adrian put together the mashup. Except most minor talk mashups are about three minutes long. Adrian, you could not get through this mashup without getting it to 11 minutes. 
We had uh, I was I was editing Hunter, uh, who chimes in on Minor Talk very frequently. Always uh, provides excellent uh, insight as to what he thinks as a UTEP fan. Uh, I was done editing his part, and I think it was like two minutes and forty seconds already. So uh, he was probably the second caller into the show, and then right after that, we just kept getting more calls and more calls, which uh, really appreciate everybody chiming in. It was just a lot to edit out. Let's get to it. Uh, so we'll give you this. We're going to start it, and then we'll probably break in from time to time. But here we go. It was a busy minor talk uh, presented by their Oscarietta agency. Let's get the mashup going right now following the loss last night to UAB. Minor Pat, what's going on? I, I was at the game, and I, I after all the time I have been going to watch minors play, this team is, is totally different. Um, they came out in the first half, same way they came out in the second half. They 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 played some defense, missed some defense. They 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 at the beginning of the first half they made their free throws. Second half they missed their free throws. So those free throws is what would have kept them in the game. I think. My opinion, my opinion only. Um, we need a guy in the middle like like um, UAB have fifty five. I mean, they're, they're, you know, there's a big guy in the middle. He and you should have seen how he was pushing our guys around and and that, we need somebody like that. And we need somebody that can shoot three because you know basically we don't have anybody that can do that. I'm disappointed. I, I thought we were gonna be a lot better this year, but you know, I'm I, I don't know. I just, I just want them to close out, you know, this this, this um, season, and and hopefully we we can get some more guys in um, over the summer and stuff like that. Next, let's welcome on Hunter to the show. And it, it, you guys ask, you know, is, is a big uh, a solution or? Do they need this? Do they need that? I think the the real question is what don't they need? There's not one position that's going to this, – this whole team needs to be scrapped minus Solomon. I, I, Onyema seems like a, a great person, you know, comes from a good family, obviously. It, it looks like it's the first time he's ever touched the basketball. You know, I, I got to disagree with you, Ann, completely, actually. I don't care who wants to play for UTEP. No kids growing up anywhere else in the country saying, I want to play for UTEP. It's just, it doesn't happen. And it's the same thing for NMSU year in the year. And I realize our program's not a complete train wreck like theirs, but they've recruited talent to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Nobody knows it exists outside of Las Cruces, New Mexico. Joe Golding is an X's and O's guy and coach. I'm still behind. I'm starting to wonder, and correct me if you all think differently on this, I don't think he knows what talent is. I, I really don't. You know, Solomon's the best player on the team, and I would not uh, – he's not very talented. And he's a good coach and, 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 and all, but this is his team, so I don't feel bad for him. He said he went out and got his people, and this is a direct result of that. So do you see uh, just a different recruiting philosophy? You know, I think next year's the judgment year. I'm, I'm still – I'm not lost on Golding. Uh, it's disappointing that – yeah, I made the comment about three or four games ago. He lost his team. There's no doubt about it. You can't sit there and watch how they play today and say he has not lost the team. It's also the support network. He's going to have to bring in a top assistant coach that knows how to recruit, knows how to develop players. So I think something has to change in that realm and bring in a top recruiter and have a different emphasis on the type of player you bring in. This was interesting. So, so Hunter brought up so many interesting points. I mean, where do we start? Um, first off, uh, listen, this this team, you know, you can, you can say what you want about – um, Calvin Solomon being the best player on the team, but that doesn't really 
there's just there's not one guy where you really say, "Wow, uh, you know, next year they could they could really thrive in in a different situation." You just don't see it right now. Um, as far as assistants go, they have um, you know their assistant coaching pool is not as high as it probably should be. Um, he needs more money for assistance. He does. And that could definitely um, influence who is brought in and, and what they can bring in. And, and another thing, you know what? If, an, if, you bring, if you hire a new assistant and they come in with well, one or two players, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, um, you know, years ago, when Miners were a six-win team, Sergio Rocco brought Philly Rivera. Doc Sadler brought Omar Thomas. And you brought two assistant coaches. They both delivered the two best junior college players in the country, and they turned this thing around overnight. So if you can get an assistant coach and he can guarantee you one or two big difference makers, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That happens in college basketball all the time, Adrian. Yeah, we've seen recent examples of this too, and we've seen an example even on this current staff. I mean, uh, one of the current coaches in uh, Jeremy Cox, he had worked with Calvin Solomon a ton and seen him throughout yep. his time at San uh, at Stephen F. Austin. And so, I, I mean, there's no secret right there in the connection. So I would say, you know, in, in terms of bringing in an assistant coach no forget about that you have to value your your lead recruiter as much as you value your right hand man uh, who is going to help you with x's and o's coaching x's and o's is at the same level as recruiting players to your colleges year after year and that's the bottom line when it comes to your coaching staff i would love to see them give another two hundred thousand dollars towards the assistant coaching pool but that's not the case right now so they're doing what they can given the budget they have and, and and the truth is it's not enough they need more they absolutely need more in the assistant coaches. And then you hope the coaches can bring in players and you hope that they, everybody else can just turn this thing around and, and, and overnight because, you know, the, the group they have right now is just not good enough. Simple as that. Keep it moving with more in a moment. But first, let's go to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. Thank you, Steve. Washington offered their offensive coordinator job to Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, and they are hoping to finalize the deal by tomorrow, per sources in Adam Schefter. Once Eric Bieniemy's deal is finalized with Washington, three of the four offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators from the Super Bowl will have changed teams in less than a week. Eric Bieniemy going to the Commanders. Jonathan Gannon signed as the head coach with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, and staying. Uh, Shane Steichen uh, being the next head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Let's head over to some more news today. This out of the NFL as well. Free agent quarterback Derek Carr will visit with the New York Jets. Sources tell ESPN. Carr was released by the Raiders on Tuesday after the veteran quarterback declined to waive his no trade clause and just before more than $40 million of his contract would have become guaranteed. Carr, who will turn 32 in March, holds virtually every Raiders passing record. He has passed for more than 4,000 yards in four of his last five years, and he went 63-79 and as the team's starting quarterback after being selected in the second round of the 2014 draft out of Fresno State. Uh, another story to get to today, this involving the San Diego Padres. Manny Machado said that he plans to exercise the opt-out clause in his contract with the Padres after the season. Machado signed a 10-year, $300 million deal with the Padres in February of 2019, a a deal that gives him the right to terminate the agreement after this season and become a free agent. The third baseman, who turns 31 in July, would forfeit $150 million from his current deal, which calls for $30 million in annual salary through 2028. 
That's look at your Sports Center update. I'm Adrian Broadus. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. Let's get back to the Minor Talk mashup, hear more, and then we'll continue to react after everybody else called in and had a pretty heated version of uh, Minor Talk after last night's UTEP loss to UAB. Let's go to Robert first. Uh, Robert, good evening. What's going on? Very disappointed with UTEP basketball, to say the least. Um, just to have a quick question for you, and it's kind of frustrating. If you look where UTEP basketball is right now, we're in 10th, 10th place in the conference, you would say. Um, it kind of baffles my mind where we're at as a program. My question is to you guys is, what is it going to take for us to get back where UTIP belongs? I know I hate going back to the past. If you look at the 80s, we went to eight consecutive NCAA yeah. tournaments. The 90s NCAA tournaments. That we haven't come to a tournament since 2006. Yeah. And look where we're at. 2010, look where we're at, yes. the pro- look where we're at the program. Terry had the players. We couldn't do it. Everybody was thrilled to death. Oh, um, Tim Floyd is here. He couldn't do it. Everybody was happy about Coach Golden. He couldn't do it. It's just very sad to see where as a program with the fans not going out to the games. Um, but you can't blame the fans. We're just disappointed. Look at the product out there. It's just... I've just lost the words. It's frustrating losing to schools like this. And and it's just year after year, the same old thing with minors. Wait till next year. Wait till next year. And to be honest with you guys, I am tired of waiting until next year. George, good evening. What's going on? Uh, I, I think I'm on board with you guys. I'm, I'm out. You know, I, I was at the game. Is uh, you, you replayed it, and Goldie said leadership. Leader, leadership is exactly what you need here. And I think that there's a lack of uh, – we need, like you said, Adrian, you know, you need shooters. Uh, we can't go on these droughts and, and expect uh, to come back from, from these large uh, deficits and, and just expect, you know, that this team's going to just pull it out of out of the bag. It, it, it can't work that way. Uh, Kenny Onyema back on the show. It's great to hear from you. Obviously, the loss is hard to, uh, to kind of swallow because you see a lot of the behind the scenes of a lot of the players that put in the work. Um, that a lot of people don't know and that they don't really see. So it's kind of hard seeing that they put in all, put in all that work and then it just doesn't execute when it's on the floor. So a lot of it has been other teams can shoot and we can't really. Um, when it comes to like the three-point shots, you can see the disparities and it's kind of the reasons why uh, we lose a lot of the games is because they, they have these uh, shooters. I remember... Uh, a lot of people used to criticize uh, Satterfield last season because of the way that uh, he would have some games where uh, he was kind of inconsistent with the threes. But just that idea of having that, that shooter and that consistency, knowing that even though he can miss like six straight, you know he can make six more at any point. Um, just losing that, it, it, it plays a huge role because if you look at the stats, uh, a lot of it is they, they complete the rebounds, they do everything, they get the, the blocks, and then it's just that disparity is the rebound, uh, the three-point shots. Listen, the shooting is, it's it's no different now than it was at the start of the year. We knew this, okay? We knew this. Um, this team is interesting in the sense that last year's group <clears throat> that he inherited, there, were a lot, there was a lot of ego on that team. Personalities clashed. High maintenance, best way to put it. They also won 20 games and played uh, in the postseason, or at least in whatever that postseason tournament was. Um, But they did. And, you know, sometimes you got to deal with that. I mean, with, you know, alpha males come big personalities and egos, and 
That's part of the job. That's why you, know, you get paid the big bucks. You got to keep those guys under control. But you need some ego on this team. You do. You need some swagger. You need some a personality. That's that. That's that's all part of it. That's Jelly Walker. Look at his. Look at that. Look at that personality. And by the way, uh, nobody was complaining yesterday when Jelly uh, was going crazy for UAB and they were uh, you know pulling away from the minors. Especially if you're watching that game in Birmingham, he is five ten and he's a playmaker. He is one of these guys that knows how to win basketball games. You got to find those. That's 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 the that's the X factor, Adrian. You you need that. You know, last year they even had. I mean, we always reference Sule Boom, right? Rightfully so. He was their leader last year. He was their best player, go-to guy in a late game situation. But even the surrounding cast members, like Kenny mentioned in that call, Jarrell Satterfield, yep. even Keontae Kennedy, right now, he is the first place uh, three-point scorer right now in the American Athletic Conference. He's shooting forty-six percent from three-point range in conference games this mm-hmm. year. And if they, if UTEP just had that, if they just had a scorer who can uh, you know, put them over the top and hit shots whenever they need it instead of uh, almost having to hit that desperation shot, which I feel like yep. that's what this year's team is made of. Uh, a lot of guys who feel like they need to shoot these jump shots out of desperation, and that's it. But I'll tell you this much about Sule Boom, okay? Sule Boom was not appreciated the last couple of years at UTEP the way he should have been. Okay, Fans were out on Sule at times. They used to call to complain about him. They criticized him. He shot too much. He did this. He did that. Sule Boom is a hell of a basketball player. We're seeing it at Xavier this year. Sometimes you, when you, you don't appreciate guys until they're gone, and then it's too late. So, you know, Sule was, was a big part of this team, and he's clearly a kind of player that could play at the top level of college basketball. Minor fans didn't think that. A lot of them just, people wanted to see them get rid of Sule Boom a lot over the last couple of years when he was playing here. People weren't, weren't singing the praises of Sule. I heard a lot of people saying that they'd be better off without Sule than with Sule. Well, how's that working that. out? Yeah, exactly. That I remember when fans would call in on this show and complain about the high volume of shooting. But then on the other side, when he was efficient and he was scoring over 20 points, everybody loved Sule Boom. Yep. And they took him for granted. The chances of UTEP getting another guy like Bryson Williams or Sule Boom, who can be an all-conference kind of player and be the Conference USA Player of the Year, they, they're so hard to come by. Not it's, anymore. It, now you just go buy them. Well, I, you hope, right? You hope that you could get a power five guy like a Jamal Bienemy, maybe a bounce back, somebody who can come here and play significant minutes at a mid-major and spend Look, money on that guy. Didn't, yeah. Didn't Jelly come from Tulane? No, yeah, you're right. You're exactly so right. So you don't even have to find him at the power fives. You just got to find them. And if you've got a good one, regardless of where they're from, you get them from wherever you can get them. And then you plug him in and hope they can and, and they can deliver for you. But I mean, he wasn't even a power five guy. He was a Tulane guy and and came in here and and, and just exploded at UAB. I just feel like it's harder to come by. I, I feel like yeah. it's tougher to get those guys. Like you get a Jelly Walker, and that's a program guy that you you want to latch yourself onto. If a UAB has success, goes to the NCAA tournament, Andy Kennedy's not going to be there next year. It's over. He's he's had his run in UAB, and they've had a successful one. My question is this, okay? Birmingham, Alabama, El Paso, Texas. Really, what's the difference? And Birmingham always has a good team. UAB is always good, okay? So, you know, it's, it's frustrating, and I feel for the fans. I do. I feel for the fans because the fans have seen substandard basketball for so many years. They deserve better. 
They deserve better. And I, and this is not on the fans. Listen, you give out, you give this city a product worth watching, they'll come and watch. They will. They will come and watch. And this team is frustrating because they've been in a ton of games. A ton of games. You know, this should be an, an under 500 ball club. This should be a team that should have another half dozen wins right now, at the very least. But sometimes, Adrian, they're their own worst enemies. Turnovers, missed free throws, bad decisions. It happens a lot with this group, and it's a shame because they're not as far off as people think. The problem is, as you talked about earlier, they've regressed. And that's what's been so difficult. Because when we watched them play Texas, we were convinced this was a team that was going to do a lot of damage come Conference USA. Yeah, the two red flags early on in the season were their blowout losses on the road to the Aggies and uh, the you know DePaul on the road. Those were their two really blowout losses that were just kind of red flags, but kind of trickled into the what was the overall problem with this team, and that is that they just didn't have the offense to go along with the sharp defense that they play night after night. Uh, you re- you mentioned some of those cities, Steve, across Conference USA. El Paso stands up there with some of the best of them. Charlotte, the Houston's, the San Antonio's mm-hmm. of the world. But and even if it's not, even if we're going to talk about this objectively and you have no clue of where El Paso is or what it is, it's got, it's got to be better than Murfreesboro. It's got to be better than some of these other cities across Conference USA that will stay in this league as well. So my point is, when it comes to recruiting here to El Paso or anywhere across Conference USA, it doesn't matter. It matters how much money you're going to get. That's true. But if you've got over 1,000 players in the portal, not everybody's going to be able to get big money. You know that. Not everybody. That's right. So there's going to be plenty to go around, especially if you're aggressive and you come out with a good NIL and you do the right thing. It can happen now. It's legal. So I'm telling you, minor fans, the game has changed. The idea that you can't bring somebody in here is not correct. You just got to hope that the people you bring in um, are, are worth the money. That's the key. They're worth the investment into them. That's what it's all about. They have to be proven guys. You know, it's almost like UTEP needs their own version of uh, Sir Jabari Rice, uh, a Sule Boom. It's hard to come by, but when when you find them, you can strike gold, and that player can set you over the top, make you a Conference USA championship contender. But we'll find out if this coaching staff can evaluate talent properly. That we will find out. There's no doubt about it. Fours across the board. Back to wrap up hour one. Still to come, Rob Domofsky. We'll talk Aaron Jones' contract with us to begin our 5 o'clock hour. Here on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm ABC 7 Stephanie Valle with your top stories on this Friday, February 17th on 600 ESPN El Paso. The El Paso FBI says agents are investigating a bomb threat at the El Paso International Airport. In a statement, Special Agent in Charge Jeffrey Downey said the FBI and airport were made aware of a bomb threat to an airplane scheduled to depart from El Paso and land at Chicago O'Hare International Airport today. American Airlines Flight 2051 was diverted off the tarmac before takeoff. Downey added they always assess the situation following a threat, but there is no known credible threat to the aircraft or passengers at this time. The FBI says they are still trying to determine the person or group responsible for making the threat. We'll have more details coming up on ABC 7 at 5 and 6. 
Pebble Hills High School was under a brief lockdown earlier this afternoon. A text was sent to parents just before noon to inform them of the lockdown. Socorro School District officials said the lockdown was due to a video circulating on social media showing a teen with a gun. El Paso Police and Socorro ISD Police say the teen in the video was identified and the video may have been old. The threat was deemed not credible and the lockdown was lifted after 1 p.m. SISD officials say one person being detained by the school this afternoon was unrelated to the lockdown. Sierra Vista Mall is back open after a deadly shooting there two days ago. The mall reopened at 10 this morning and the parking lots were already filling up by 11. Just two days ago, it was a very different scene. Law enforcement officials descended on the mall after a person was shot and killed there. According to police, two groups of people got into a fight in the food court. Shots were fired and one person was killed. Three others remain hospitalized. Two people have been arrested. Download the StormTrack weather and traffic app. Get news on the ABC7 app on air and online at KVIA.com. I'm ABC7 Stephanie Valle for 600 ESPN El Paso. Ten East at Piedras, we have a collision. It's a crash on the left shoulder, still there. Trying to clear that up, and uh, there's still a lot of leftover traffic right now, a lot of backlog of traffic backing up to Cotton on those eastbound lanes. On the other side of the fence, I-10 West to US-54 North, we have a crash there. It's on the right exit lane, but sloped there on those westbound lanes, going back to the uh, Geronimo area. So caution on those westbound lanes. Also, we have a crash at Joe Battle in Saragossa Airway in Edgemere. We're also tapping the brakes, I-10 West to that Juarez Port, US-54 South to the Juarez Port, I-10 East to the Juarez Port. This update by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon, open for dining and carry out Tuesday through Sunday, 11 to 8. We have the famous tortilla soup, chicken breast, chili con carne, fajitas, gorditas, delicious uh, food there, fresh, delicious, affordable. And go miners from Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon, Charlie 1600, ESPN El Paso. Saturday, February 25th, Speaking Rock presents The Atomic Punks, a tribute to early Van Halen. Experience the days of Diamond Dave and Eddie Van Halen with The Atomic Punks, a tribute to early Van Halen, live and free. Saturday, February 25th at Speaking Rock. Ages 21 and over. Go to Speaking Rock's Facebook for more information. You wash your hands, you brush your teeth, but how do you clean your nose? With Navage. Navage uses powered suction to pull saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out the other nostril, flushing out allergens, mucus, and germs. And it's why cleaning your nose, the body's air filter, is the next evolution in daily personal hygiene. Navage helps you breathe better, sleep deeper, and snore less, but the biggest payoff is improved health. At Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, and online. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. At Rise Federal Credit Union, we feel like life is for living, celebrating the wins, and enjoying the moments that matter. We provide the advice and tools to help make your money work for you. That way, you can focus on what could be, no matter where you start from or where you want to go. Ready to dream big? Visit us at www.rise.us. That's R-A-I-Z dot U-S. 
federally insured by NCUA. I'm Martin Hoke, the inventor of Navage Nasal Care, and I love Navage. I've told you about how your nose is the body's air filter, that Navage's powered suction will help flush out allergens, viruses, mucus, and germs, and that Navage will help you breathe better. But what do other people say about Navage? Like Josh, quote, After walking around my whole life being a mouth breather, I was excited to try Navage. I read the directions carefully, pressed the button, and oh my gosh, what a sensation. So much mucus, so much crud, but oh sweet, merciful air, I can finally breathe you through my nose. Never have I ever taken such an amazing breath in my life. This is a life changer, unquote. He's one of over 100,000 online reviews praising Navage, the all-natural solution trusted by over 3 million people to help you breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier without drugs. Navage is available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, Target, Rite Aid, and online. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. At the Home Depot, we know the world is a messy place. Keeping it clean takes science. That's why businesses everywhere have long trusted cleaning products from Ecolab to take on the toughest messes. And now, that level of clean is available for your home. Introducing Ecolab Scientific Clean, a full line of professional-grade cleaning products for all your home's needs, so you can clean like you mean business. Now available exclusively at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This is Steve Kaplowitz, and 600 ESPN El Paso has a great way for you to enjoy sports talk on demand. Download our show by subscribing to the free 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts on your Apple or Google Play device. After that, you can enjoy the best of sports talk each day delivered commercial-free to your phone or tablet. That's right, all the best calls, interviews, and insight with the touch of a button so you never miss a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts. Let's be real. Mopping is a hassle. You have to fill the bucket. Pushing a wet, heavy mop around. Then cleaning the mop when you're done so it doesn't grow bacteria. A hassle on top of a hassle. Try Swiffer WetJet. With Swiffer WetJet, you start with a fresh pad and cleaning solution every time. And when you're done, you just toss the pad. Swiffer WetJet. The faster, easier, cleaner way to clean your floors. Hey, it's Max Kellerman, and you're listening to 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, nine in front of five as we continue. Still to come, Rob Domofsky to begin our five o'clock hour. This is from Victor Neff and Neff Poppy. He uh, tweets the show, Caplo, these miners are literally a rookie team. They are rebuilding, which takes money, uh, patience, and practice. That will take time. This year, they will have more failure than flashes. Joe G needs more time. Oh, he'll get more time, and he need, does need more time. I agree. But I also tell you this. College basketball's changed, Neff puppy. In the old days, you're right. This would be a team that you would build. Not anymore. Guess what? You get a new team every year. It's probably going to be the case. The new norm is uh, you're all John Calipari now. Except instead of guys going to the NBA and leaving you after one year, they'll just go into the portal and go someplace else. Or you'll go into the portal and tell these guys, you know what, it's not working out. We need new guys. We need new team. So the uh, concept of what you're used to, puppy, which is dealing with a group that uh, will play for you three, four years, uh, guess what? Go watch uh, Go watch YouTube. Go watch games from the 80s because, uh, and the 90s because you're not going to see that anymore. Now it's going to be a whole new deal. 
And uh, very rarely will you get players that will be sticking around year after year after year. For the most part, Adrian, players are going to leave and coaches are going to tell the other guys, hey, listen, it's not working. Go find yourself a new place to play. We need we need your scholarship next year. It's it's survival of the fittest, and that's what it's turning into more than anything right now. The top three teams in conference, USA, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, and UAB, they have all three dealt with the transfer portal in very different ways. I mean, UAB was gutted in terms of their depth, but they kept their best guys. Like, they kept K.J. Buffin, Jelly Walker, uh, Trey Jemison. They're yeah. keeping their main guys year after year. And that's not cheap, by the way. They probably now are putting some money into that. I bet you those guys, you want to oh, keep yeah. those guys, you're probably spending big bucks to keep those guys around. North Texas did the same thing, keeping guys year after year. Those three teams rank a top uh, college basketball. Forget Conference USA. College basketball in the top 50 in minutes continuity from last year. So when you do have to hit that reset button like UTEP does, I think it's important to at least keep – four guys from this year's team to kind of build on a nucleus and have that kind of continuity year after year. Because even if UTEP gets that standout player next year, that's still not a guarantee that they're going to win Conference USA. They could contend to win uh, the league, but I don't, I don't think it makes them a top three team right away. Uh, I agree with you. All right, we got so much more to talk, talk about through the rest of the afternoon. One hour in the books, two to go. When we come back... Rob Domovsky, ESPN.com, covers the Packers. Huge story that broke this morning involving Aaron Jones sticking around in Green Bay. Cheeseheads rejoice. Rob will lead off our 5 o'clock hour as Sports Talk continues. We're covering heading into the weekend the fact that El Paso and Aaron Jones will be sticking around. With the Green Bay Packers, news earlier this morning broke that uh, Jones will be reworking his contract to make sure that uh, he's a Packer in 2023. And with us right now, a man that uh, joins us uh, from time to time to talk Packers football. Nobody better than Rob Domofsky from ESPN.com. Happy New Year and uh, welcome back, Rob. How are you? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well, and it sounds like Aaron Jones is doing well also because we were wondering about his future with the Packers, and now we know that at least uh, coming up in 2023, he will remain uh, a Green Bay Packer. Yeah, he's doing well. I'm not so sure his accountant or his uh, agent would be saying the same since he took a $5 million pay cut. Um, And as you know, Steve, everybody gets a chunk of the – of the pie, right? And so that's less money for those guys. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, we knew he was coming back because um, General Manager Brian Gutekunst uh, about a month ago said, yes, Aaron Jones is going to be back. Are there some contracts we're going to have to rework and restructure? Absolutely. Uh, Jones probably just being one of several of those. But the question was, you know, whether he would just be a simple restructure or he would actually take a pay cut, and he has taken a pay cut. Now, I'm sure – there are incentives in there for him to be able to earn some of that money, if not all of it back. That's typically what happens in these things. The entire contract hasn't been in yet, so we don't, you know, can't quite get a look at, at the details of it. But we know that, um, you know, he, he had a, a roster bonus that was due on March 17th that was going to pay him $7 million. And the problem with those roster bonuses, as you know, is those count all on one-year salary caps. So what they typically like to do when they get to this point is – turn those into signing bonuses, and therefore they can prorate those over multiple years of the contract, and they added some dummy years to the contract. So it just it really helps their salary cap. 
um, you know, and, and it ensures one of their be- biggest playmakers is going to be going to be back. And then depending on what kind of year he has, uh, you know, he'll be able to earn some of that money back. So my biggest question when I heard the news was, uh, you know, when he first signed the four-year deal, Rob, we knew that after yep. two years it was a mess. Yep. We, we knew that even 100%. when he signed yep. it. So with this yep. new contract, do you expect this to be more of a one-year play or do you think that this will work out where he will stay with the Packers for the two years? Yeah, that's still to be determined, but you're right. Uh, in fact, I was going back and looking at my story from two years ago when he signed the deal, and I think the headline and the lead of my story was, on paper, this is a four-year, $48 million deal, but in reality, it's uh, it's two years and $20 million, and then they'll have to do something, which obviously they did. Now, uh, you know, there's a decent chance uh, that, that he could be back next year, uh, or the following year, I guess, and, and play out the four years. Uh, but, it, but it all depends on how this year goes and, and how healthy he is and what kind of production he has. I mean, look, he's been around here a long time, but he's only 28 years old and, and, and really just turned 28, I believe, at the end of the season. If I, if I think, I think he's, a, he's a December birthday, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, while he's got some mileage on him as, as a running back that's been in the league six, seven years would, but he's still relatively young in terms of, of this and, and – um, you know, they've done a really good job of, and, and probably to the dismay of some fantasy football players, they've done a really good job of, of using him, but not overusing him. Um, and and there, you know, I know there's been some frustration by some people at times. Why, why don't they give him the ball more? Why doesn't he get more touches? But in the end, you know, it's probably going to end up prolonging his career. Rob Domovsky with us uh, here on Sports Talk as we continue talking to uh, the Packers uh, beat writer from ESPN.com. You know, it's really interesting. In in the six years he's been uh, a Packer, Aaron is third all-time in rushing. In fact, yeah. he trails Jim Taylor by about 3,000 yards and Amon Green by just over 3,100. But when you look at the carries that those two had to get to their 8,000-plus career yards yeah. and the fact that Aaron's done it in nearly half of the workload, it's it's phenomenal. It, it really is. Yeah, I mean, how many games does he have over 20 carries? It's, it's. I bet it's less than 10 in his career. Um, and, you know, I covered him on Green, uh, and I mean, there were there were games where he carried it, you know, 25, 28, 30 times a game. And you know, obviously, he was a really, really good player. One year, he had 1,800 yards in a 16 game season, which is, you know, uh, it's a single season franchise record here. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, you know, this is an offense that has been a pass first offense. So for him to do what he's done. And look, like he's done it in the passing game too. I mean, um, you know, they've used him in all sorts of ways. And uh, you know, quite honestly, last year he was their most, uh, you know, dynamic offensive player for most of the year, probably until late in the year when Christian Watson, you know, you know, got going. But even Watson's production was was high volume, low low touches. You know, I mean, like there were games where he had four, five, three, four, five catches. You know, and that's it, but he'd have some huge plays. So, you know, and depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, if he if he's back here next year, you know, obviously Jones is a big part of the offense. If he's not back here, he's a, Jones is an even bigger part of the offense because they're going to have to rely on him even more. It's a good point. And right now, uh, Aaron is in darkness. So the question is, uh, this story might not even be relayed to number 12 until he gets out of his uh, darkness retreat. Yeah. So that's uh, another great storyline. No wondering what's going to happen over the next, you know, two, three days as Rogers uh, contemplates his future, or whether it's in green Bay or elsewhere. 
Yeah, and I don't, I don't expect him. And Rogers basically said this on Pat McAfee's show the other day. I don't expect him just to walk back into the light and see the light, so to speak. Like I don't think necessarily think he's going to walk out and say, "Okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I, I want to be traded, or I'm going to retire, or I want to come back to Green Bay." I, I still think this is going to be, you know, a couple weeks down the road before we have any finality or clarity on any of this at all. But it certainly doesn't hurt, you know, the case for. Rogers coming back to have uh, one of his you know favorite teammates back with him, and he has mentioned that like he, he wants to know what this team's going to look like. He doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And had they decided to release Aaron Jones and, and move on, you know that that certainly would would have been a sign of a of a rebuild. So you know there's a lot of other pieces to the pie: Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Robert mm-hmm. Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, on and on and on and on. That Roger guys Rogers wants to play with and. You know, he's probably not going to get them all, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, who among that group comes back, you know, and how that impacts Rogers' decision. Such a great point. It, it really is because Green Bay's got a ton of decisions to make. And I, I love it when players will take less to stay. Now, we all know the, the, the running back market is not what it once was. Yeah. Jones knows that, too. He knows he's 28 years old. And even with less mileage than a lot of backs his age, um, he's smart because he knows that uh, he's got a great role in Green Bay. He, I think he likes the city, likes the organization, yeah. uh, likes everything about the, the Packers because they, they drafted him, and that's all he knows right now, Rob. Yeah, he's been, like, I mean, so well-liked well and appreciated in the community, and he's done a great job of sort of, um, you know, integrating himself to the community as well. Um, you know, not a lot of guys stay around here year round, and, and I, obviously, I don't think he does either. But he is as involved in the community as as anybody uh, here. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's a great fit. Um, it's a great fit for him. It's a great fit for the Packers. And you know, I, I do think um, you know he he's one of those guys that you know what, whatever happens from here on out is always going to be associated you know with this team and. Well, quite honestly, he'll probably end up in the Packers Hall of Fame someday. Well, let's put it this way. He's ninth all-time right now in scoring when it comes to touchdowns. But uh, if he has a big season or two, he'll have a chance to catapult to all the way to three, right behind Don Hudson and Jim Taylor, and leapfrog every contemporary Packer running back or wide receiver, including Amon Green um, and, and Devontae Adams. It's, it's, it's pretty remarkable when you look at what he's done in such a short amount of time. Not bad for what a fifth round pick is what he was, and uh, a year where they took two running backs, uh, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, and and you know no one really knew what either one of them would be, and you know Jamal ended up having a great year this year in Detroit, um, but you know Aaron Jones is is the more dynamic of of the two, and uh, you just you know you just never know. I've been around a long time, Steve, and I've seen them draft running backs year after year after year, and most of them don't end up being much and and you just you don't you know i can't sit here and say i knew aaron jones was going to be this maybe you guys have seen him you know growing up and in college knew it but i i couldn't sit here i'd be lying if i said i thought you know this was the career aaron jones would have i'll say this about jones what he's done in the nfl is strikingly similar to what he did at utep and I never expected the game to come to him as easy in the pros like it did in college. I think that was the biggest surprise. When we saw the big runs early on yeah. and we saw what he did, we're like, wow, he's doing the exact same thing in the NFL that he did here. And so many players can't translate that success at the NFL level. And he's been one of the fortunate, lucky ones, been able to do that. 
And the thing that strikes me about him, you know, you can thought we could talk about the production all afternoon long, but he's a great teammate. Um, he has never once complained about not getting the ball enough or not having this role in the offense or not having that role in the offense. He, he's, he's a leader in the locker room. Um, he stands up, win or lose, takes questions from the media, which other players, you know, that, that may not seem like a, a, a lot to, to the, you know, people have no, you know, real understanding or no real need to know what our business is like. But when, when a guy like Aaron Jones steps up in, in front of the, the media, win or lose, and answers questions, you know, it sets a pretty good example for the other players. They take notice of that and they say, hey, this guy's accountable. Um, and, you know, and it makes, it makes them, you know, more accountable. And, and that stuff, believe it or not, you know, it, it all adds up. Not saying you're going to win a game because of it, but it, but it translates into a culture that, you know, that breeds success. And, yeah, they didn't, you know, they didn't have a very good year this year, eight and nine, obviously missing the playoffs. But, you know, he's, he's been a big part of that locker room culture over the last six years that, that has sort of, you know, just helped keep this thing going. I mean, I, I know it's, all, it's a quarterback league, and, uh, you know, ultimately if, they, if you don't have a great quarterback, you probably don't have a chance. But all these little things – you know, sort of add up, and Aaron Jones is a pretty good example of, of that. And, Rob, I heard him do something else at the Super Bowl that was really interesting. He went out and publicly, and it might have been on, on Patrick's show, endorsed Jordan Love and talked, or it might yeah. have been actually with Skip Bayless and Undisputed. He went ahead and, and essentially told everybody that he thinks Love is ready. So if Rodgers does not come back, now all of a yeah. sudden you've got your star running back giving complete confidence and public acknowledgement uh, that Jordan Love is ready to go. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I know. I'm sure he did a bunch of interviews. I saw him say basically the same thing on Jim Rome's show. Uh, you know, on the flip, on the flip side, though, Steve, he also said, "Man, I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers not being our quarterback." You know, so like, I mean, he's yep. he's smart enough to cover his bases both ways, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, those guys have seen love. Um, they they know probably have a better idea, uh, you know, of, of what he is than than we do. I still think that, you know, that maybe a uh, I don't want to say wishful thinking on Jones's part, but certainly the optimist viewpoint, which we know he is definitely an optimistic guy. But, you know, let's face it, if Jordan Love is, is, is this team's quarterback next year, you know, no matter how good he is, it's going to be a big transition. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, they, they went 6-10 and 10, Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter, and Rodgers played pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be a transition time if that's the case. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, there there's definitely seems to be a belief in that organization in Jordan Love. Good stuff, Rob, as always. Appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward to having you back on a little bit later on in the offseason. All right, sounds good, Steve. We'll be seeing you. Rob Domovsky, folks, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Plenty more in store for you, but first, let's get right back to Charlie One. He's standing by with this traffic update. Metroplex, what we have right now is that crash I-10 West uh, to US 54 North. We have that crash. It's uh, blocking the right exit lane, but there's a lot of backup here, a lot of looky-loos going on. Backup goes back to Geronimo on those westbound lanes, so just keep that in mind. Also, uh, still dealing with a crash at Airway in Edgemere, so caution there. But we're also tapping the brakes, tapping the brakes, uh, I-10 East to the Wattisport, US 54 South to the Wattisport. This update brought to you by Neil's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. Open for dining and carry-on. We have the party trays, popular Mr. Tea specials, famous tortilla soup. Home of the first of Papilla. Thank you for choosing Neil's. And go Miners, Neil's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. I'm Charlie 1600, ESPN El Paso. 
When temperatures fall, you can rise above heating costs with the maximum performance and energy-saving efficiency of a Champion furnace. The complete Champion line is equipped to take on the toughest conditions. So no matter what the season brings, you can depend on a Champion to keep you comfortable while saving money. Visit the Find a Dealer tab and schedule your installation at windsupplyelpaso.com, your local champion supplier, and learn how you can save up to 50% in energy costs. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward. And take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. 2023 Aria has limited availability. All-wheel drive expected availability early 2023, subject to change. Dell Technologies President's Day Business Event starts now with deals to power America's doers and dreamers. Save on select performance business PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories. Plus free shipping and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL for President's Day deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. It's time to think about your tax refund. And Jackson Hewitt wants you to think biggest. As in, we guarantee you'll get your biggest refund or your money back plus $100. Who offers that? Come to think of it, nobody. It's one of the biggest guarantees out there and why you can't just file with anybody. For your guaranteed biggest refund, go to Jackson Hewitt today. Your wallet will thank you. When every dollar matters, it matters who does your taxes. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using Upside, the free app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back just for buying the gas I was going to buy anyway. But is it a hassle to use? No, it's super fast. Fast and easy, and I can cash out whenever I want. That's a total no-brainer. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GALLON for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's promo code GALLON. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GALLON for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GALLON. Elegant events begin with heavenly food. Make your event unforgettable with help from Azure Catering and Events. They're a full-service catering company that can take care of everything, any party, any size, any time. Whether you're tying the knot, getting the family together, or planning a corporate event, Azure Catering and Events is the perfect choice for catering and event coordination. Locally owned and with over 20 years of industry experience, Azure Catering and Events will make your event unforgettable. What if you were the one, the one taking care of loved ones, keeping your family healthy and safe, helping your neighbors, even those you don't know? A career in nursing at Southwest University can be life-changing for you, your community, and loved ones. Make a positive difference in your community with a nursing degree from Southwest University. Enroll today at southwestuniversity.edu. Southwest University makes you happen. 
600ESPNElPaso.com. Twenty past. The sports talk continues. Five zero five six zero zero nine. That's our telephone number. Adrian, how are you loving your new water system at the house? Thanks to Clean Water of El Paso. Steve, I'm loving it so much. This is a, a real story. I'm not even kidding you. Uh, when I cho- chose Clean Water of El Paso, one of my big things was, well, I love to drink water throughout the day. Well, today um, I'm, you know, I'm here at work. Uh, it gets around lunchtime, and I figure, well, let me go home for lunch. And so I could fill up my clean water of El Paso uh, hydro flask. So I did that. I have my water. It's all filled up for the show. Knew that we'd be, be here till 7 o'clock today. And I refilled up my water with clean water of El Paso because it's the number one water that you could get here in El Paso. Forget bottled water. You don't need it anymore because with clean water of El Paso's flow line system, it's like you're drinking bottled water right there from your tap. Mm-hmm. It's an insane product that they offer, uh, clean water of El El Paso can actually give you a free water analysis and quote to tell you how much money it would cost. They also offer financing options as well. Check them out online, cleanwaterofelpaso.com, or give them a call, 915-856-0059. That number again is 915-856-0059, Clean Water of El Paso, and uh, check them out online as well. You know what the funny thing is with Clean Water of El Paso? You're going to become like a water snob. So when you go out to yeah. eat and you drink like a glass of ice water, you're it's always going to stack up compared to what you're used to from now on. And it's going to be weird because you're going to go and you're going to say, hmm, eh, it's okay, but not what I'm used to. Or if it's really not good at all, you'd be like, oh, man, I miss what I get every single day. That's what it's done to me. It's given me, it's it's made me feel like everything, you know, the bar, the standard starts with clean water and anything that essentially has to try to live up to it never can. I feel rude because uh, during the Super Bowl Radio Row week, uh, I was with my friend. Uh, I had a, a water bottle as well that I brought along with me. Um, and in my flask, my little hydro flask that I carry around, I filled it up with tap water. And my first sip, I, I kind of made a face, but I didn't think I made a face. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, what's wrong? He's like, oh, wait, wait, I, I understand. He was like, he knew it was wrong. He's like, wait a second. I'm sorry. Our tap water is terrible. Uh, I have water bottles over here. Here, take one. That's and hilarious. So I, and I didn't realize I made a face, but Clean Water of El Paso has already got me conditioned uh, to being a water snob. Oh, so I love there that. There we go. What's that free number again to get the uh, free analysis? Uh, that's 915-859-856-0059. Fantastic. All right, 23 past as we continue here on Sports Talk. You want to tweet the show, you can do it. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That is 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. And also calling in 505-6009, tweeting the show. Uh, We mentioned that. And you can also message us on our mobile app, uh, which is powered by First American Bank. In fact, I'm looking at some of the app chats. Robert in El Paso said a really interesting one. Hey, guys, question for you guys. Do you think any of UTEP uh, uh, players would start for any team at Conference USA besides UTSA? I'm sure you won't answer the question. Well, no, Robert, I'll be happy to answer the question. Yeah, I think there's plenty of guys on this roster that could start 
on some of these teams. I'm not saying they're going to be stars, but I mean, I'm looking at, at some of these teams in, in Conference USA, and I'm not saying they're going to start at North Texas or UAB or uh, Florida Atlantic, but you know, there's there's still enough schools between FIU and um, you could say, well. Let me think for a second. I have to now. I have to start thinking about Conference USA for me before I before I answer conference. this question. It's not bad. It really isn't. Um, where else could we see some of these UTEP players starting? Um, I could see them at Louisiana Tech. I could see some at Western Kentucky. They're down right now. I could definitely see some people starting at FIU and Charlotte. I mean, that's. I would say, yeah, the bottom half of Conference USA, I could see it. The top half, probably not. I still think that Shamar Givens is an elite guard. I really do, and especially on defense. When he might not be able to score as well as some of these other guards in Conference USA, uh, your Michael Forrests of the world, uh, your Jelly Walkers of the world, you know, those kind of guys. He's not a scorer like that, but he plays high-level defense. And uh, for that right there, I think he could start at uh, probably just about any school across Conference USA. All right. Other uh, questions coming in. On the app from earlier today. Let me see what else I can find right now. I might have accidentally deleted that one, Adrian, after I just read it, which would not be good. So let me see if I can find uh, some of the other ones that we just received. Ah, here we go. Pinky. um, Popcorn stayed fresh during the women's basketball game Saturday, even took some home to enjoy while watching the Warriors play. I guess that was talking about the cold air out there in the Haskins Center. You know what? One that we did receive, uh, I believe this was last night, uh, well after we finished Minor Talk, He, this was Mamba915. Oh, I liked Mamba's. I saw those last night. That yeah. was good. No heart is what I see out of this. Out of, uh, mm-hmm. And he also sees out-of-shape players. So that's yep. what he also said. Yep. And and I think he also said that the co the caller said that the coach lost the team is right, is what he also said. Uh, Jay Reyes twenty one. Uh, this was a question from a few weeks ago, so it was asking about why Derek Hamilton doesn't play more. So Hamilton played those what? He had like three points last night. Yeah, played very uh, you know in very few minutes last night. But also uh, in that game it, or in that question, it's also kind of interesting that we're asking that same question uh, a couple weeks now after that uh, question was uh, initially asked we're still wondering um, is Hamilton going to get more minutes you know that kind of thing so here's a question for you let's just say that you rebuild the team for next year right And you bring in two or three guys that are NIL guys and they're proven players whether they're from bigger conferences that are just looking for another place to play or smaller schools but they can play and they can do what they need to do um, you know, from this year's team who do you think? I mean, what do you do? Do you like guys like Hardy, uh, Onyema, Frazier, Solomon? Are those kind of like your core nucleus uh, surrounding those elite players, just to to give them a you know a complete team? Is that what they're going to do? I'm I'm so interested to see from this year, kind of like who comes back next year, who they want to bring back, who wants to come back, and then how that plays into it with uh, guys. Because here's my other question. Okay, how do we know? that some of the guys we just mentioned right now, the vets especially, if they find out that UTEP is spending good money on bringing in other players and they're not getting a big cut 
Maybe they want to go someplace else and feel like, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna appreciate me. I'm going, I'm gonna go someplace else. And that happens all the time. I'll give you a perfect example. Christian Agnew um is that kind of example. He goes to a kind of a lesser tier place than UTEP. He goes to southeastern Louisiana, but plays more minutes over there. And maybe that's the case for some of these guys right here. They they just uh you know, they don't have an opportunity like they did this past season uh in the future for the minors. Uh, if I had to go with the short list of four players I would like back from uh, this year's team going into next year. It's Calvin Solomon, Jonathan Dos Anjos, Otis Frazier, and Zarek Onyema. Those would be, those would be my four right there that I would uh, only you know kind of want right there if I had to pick four. Solomon, Onyema, Frazier, Frazier. and Dos Anjos. I don't know about Dos Anjos. I, I, I didn't see enough to know one way or another if he's going to do anything. And I'll tell you something else. I still believe that if they brought um, – if, if Kalou came back, and I don't know if Kalou's going to come back or if he's going to try to transfer and go someplace else and play more minutes. But I kind of still feel like if Kalou was given more of an opportunity, he could do some things. I've seen enough to where, at times, his defense is, is better than his offense, but I just wish he would have more developmental time. But the problem is UTEP can't afford to play projects. They need guys that can get in there and play. Uh, I'm on the other side of Kalu. I I'm not there. I've I'm completely out. I think we've seen uh have we've seen it. He's played in almost 50 games for UTEP. He hasn't showed it. He's a zero on offense. Defensively, he uh, hustles. He has a lot of urgency. He's very raw. So mm-hmm. he we he doesn't even play basketball that long. So if yeah. you're committed to the long term for Kevin Kalu and you tell me, hey, by senior year, that's the guy that you really want. I'm good with that. I think that's a great idea. And and if you're telling me that Zer- uh, that Kalu is the answer for your backup center spot next year, I'm not good with that. I think that you could improve that position, and maybe you improve it by just having Onyema back on the roster next year and move Onyema into more of a reserve role. Uh, for Dos Anjos, the reason why I would like him back is you know, exactly why you said it. We haven't seen anything. He was the first guy to commit to Joe Golding out of last year's class. He is somebody who would probably be okay coming off the bench. 6'8 guy. Remember, he shot almost 50% from the floor, which is impressive. He was their only kind of scoring option off the bench other than Mario McKinney this past year. And you're right, we didn't see it in full stretches. He's not good on defense. But on a full, healthy season from Jonathan Dos Anjos, I'm curious to see what you can get from him uh, because he's had success at a former D1 school like Loyola Marymount. I don't think he goes anywhere either, too. I think he'll probably right. stick around. I don't think any of these guys are really going to be actively recruited by other schools. I mean, maybe Kalu, just because he's young, and some teams will tell him, "Come over here, and you're going to we're going to give you more minutes. They'll promise you more minutes." I just, you know, I I don't know. Uh, bottom of the hour. By the way, before we get to Sports Center, Christian Agnew is only playing 14 minutes a game for Southeast Louisiana, and he's averaging 6.7 points per game. But he's only playing. He's coming off the bench, and he's playing 14 minutes a game. That's it. That's very interesting. I would also say uh, I would love to dive into that a little bit more. Somebody tweeted us something about him. He had gone through a significant injury, and I think that's how that might be why his minutes are what they are. But I, I'd love to dive into that to see if he's actually playing any kind of minutes, if he's a major contributor at all coming back from this injury or what, because I think he's only started like seven of his 21 games. Like He hasn't really played extensive uh, extensively with this team. Um, 
Um, although I will say we did get something from from somebody earlier into the year saying that he's been you know on a good stretch. So I, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see his uh, his full game log from this past year. Interesting. All right, uh, you want in five zero five six zero zero nine. Mike Kirby's thirty minutes away. We'll talk a little NMSU baseball. They uh, will have their season starting up this evening, and they'll play tomorrow and Sunday as well. So more in a moment as sports talk continues as we head in uh, to the President's Day weekend, which will and continue through Monday. But before we do anything, let's get right back to Adrian. He's standing by with another Sports Center update. Thank you very much, Steve. Let's head over to some news out of the NBA today. This coming out as Pau Gasol, Dirk Nowinski, Tony Parker, and Greg Popovich are all one step closer to basketball immortality. That's right. The three international greats in Gasol, Nowinski, and Parker were among the list of the class of 2023 finalists unveiled today by the Basketball Hall of Fame, putting them at the doorstep of enshrinement this summer. Also on that list include Greg Popovich, the winningest coach in NBA history with the Spurs, and Dwayne Wade, who is part of three championship teams with the Miami Heat. A couple other uh, finalists that made the cut were four selections out of the Women's Committee, 1990 National Player of the Year in Becky Hammond, and longtime coaches Gary Blair and Marion Washington. Let's head over to some more news today. Actually, let's head over now to the uh, the uh, what's going to be happening tonight. Uh, it is the Rising Stars All-Star Game as part of NBA All-Star Weekend. This one takes place out at Salt Lake City, Utah, and we'll have the coverage for you following Sports Talk tonight. Let's head over to some hockey action that's going on right now. Seven minutes to go on ESPN+. Plus. Penguins currently lead the Islanders 1-0, 7.22 left in the first period. Also, first period action out as the uh, Blackhawks currently lead the Senators 1-0. Coming up, 6 o'clock start, puck will drop between the Stars and the Wild. Also, coming up later tonight on ESPN, Kings and Ducks, they'll go at it. That's the ESPN featured game of the night. Also, at 7 o'clock on ESPN Plus, Rangers up against the Oilers. That's a look at your Sports Center update for 600 ESPN. In El Paso. I'm Adrian Broaddus. All right. We got the uh, final 90 here on Sports Talk as we continue. Pinky tweets the show. Time to play Kevin Hamilton more by UTEP men's basketball. Well, Kevin actually played in the 80s, Pinky, but uh, I know you're in a time warp like the rest of us. That would be Derek Hamilton, but I understand where you're coming from. I got the message, but yes, I love the Kevin Hamilton nice. uh, reference because Kevin Hamilton did play a lot in the 80s, and he was a big part of those teams that were hanging banners left and right in the Don Haskins Center. I love that when you hang some banners. Yeah, definitely. I mean, minor fans want an excuse to bring up uh, any of the great times and the great past. So I like the reference right there. Pinky, good stuff. How uh, cold was it last night at the Haskins Center? You know, it wasn't cold at all, Steve. All I right. was telling that to uh, Director of Athletics, Jim Center, who's right behind us. Mm. I was, you know, I even took off the jacket. It was fine. It was, it was just fine inside. Then by, you know, at the end of halftime, start of the second half started to get a little bit more chilly but nothing noticeable i mean some fans had their big jackets on throughout the game but i don't think it was uncomfortable i i would say it like that i'll be there tomorrow night so i'll be i'll be looking forward to that didn't go last night had to help uh had to help my uh my son out with his um science project so that's that's been fun and been working on that a little bit it was interesting too because i we just finished and then i turned on the tv 
and it was like a three or four point game, and then it became like a twelve point game within minutes. I was like, man, just just like that, Adrian, just like that. Jinxed it, huh? When you turned it on, but I mean, that's really how the season has gone, Steve. Where it's like they they get in these games, they're pretty close, they fight in these games down the stretch, and they're just unable to pull it off. Or the other team goes on a scoring mm-hmm. run, and UTEP's just unable to stop them. Yesterday, UAB started off hot. UTEP had no answer defensively, and then they locked down a little bit through the final minutes of the first half, but UTEP couldn't uh, keep it going into the first part of the second half. And that's what really killed them. They, they could, didn't come out of the half with a lot of urgency to try to win that game. Yeah, I hear you on that one. I, I do. Um, we started with minor talks mashup, and we still had five minutes left to go. We haven't even finished that yet, by the way. that The mashup is still going strong. Let's get right back to it. If you joined us earlier in the show, you heard Adrian's mashup. We played the first half of it. Here's the part of the second half as we continue on sports talk uh good evening rob what do you think of this one uh i look back on what i've seen this season versus the first uab game in their building versus what we what we saw tonight and i feel like uh this team has regressed and i just think to myself it's all at this point it's 100 percent mental and joe golding had said it two weeks ago he said hey the game plan is out on us they're gonna pack in the pain and force us to shoot and tonight utep decided to uh try to get hard two buckets, which I don't blame them. It's really frustrating. And I, I'll, you guys will disagree with me, but and you'll point back to that eight-win Rodney Terry season, but he inherited basically three starting freshmen that he had to recruit and start and play 30 minutes a day. And Evan Gilliard, who's like 5'7", Joe Golding didn't have to inherit that. He inherited a, a solid boom, and he had a more full roster. Rob, uh-huh. Rob, serious, serious question. What was the highlight moment of the Rodney Terry era? They beat a they beat a Texas Tech team at home that had made it to the Final Four. They sold out the exhibition game, and then uh, fast forward maybe like two or three weeks, they beat the Aggies by twenty here. Ed, good evening. What's up? There's so much to talk about, but I think there was there's two things in my mind. Number one is we we had so much positive energy last year when we ended the season. I still feel like there was a few players that could have stayed and they chose to leave. So that's one thing that's on my mind. And, I, and I'll wait for you guys to comment about that after after we hang up. Okay, so let's talk about recruiting strategy because the honest truth is we're definitely going to need to find a person that can hit the big shot at the end. And I think that what 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 college players look at is they say, okay, what's the brand of the coach? Well, the brand is that you're going to go full-blown-out defense, and that's what we're looking for. And I'm just wondering, like you said before, maybe he's going to have to tweak it a little bit because the honest truth is we don't have somebody that can hit the big shot. Mike from the West Side. He's right. Um, a couple of things, by the way. To me, the Rodney Terry highlight was when they beat Arizona State on the road. That was the that was his signature win when they went up to Tempe and they beat ASU because ASU at that point was thought to be borderline top twenty-five. I I disagree with, and I'd say that the uh, New Mexico win at home was probably the highlight right before things unfolded in Hawaii because after things unfolded in Hawaii, then came the Florida incident, and everybody was just like, they, they didn't trust the team. There was like, the fan base was split, kind of like it is now, but you know half of the, the fan base just didn't trust the coaching staff at that point, and the other half, they were optimistic. They liked the talent that were coming in, and you know that led to that next year when they ended up beating uh, Arizona State. 
People aren't going to like this part either, but I'm giving I'm giving Joe Golding a pass this year just because I know they didn't use NIL dollars to put that team together and everybody else around the conference did. And the fact is, UTEP was late to the party like they always are. Now they've got things better, in, in, at least in hand, in terms of trying to put together a better plan for this upcoming season. Listen, if they use NIL, bring in difference makers, and those guys don't pan out, then you know what? I have no problem with the argument about how Joe Golding can't you know, recruit players and bring in difference makers. I'll, I'll go there. But right now, I still feel like he wanted a team that worked hard. He wanted a team of grinders. He wanted a team that didn't have any drama off the court. He got all that. The problem is he also got a team that can't score on when he needs big baskets, and they can't shoot the basketball. That's also part of this whole equation, unfortunately. That's kind of come into play with this whole thing. And, you know, you can blame the coaching staff all you want for that, too. But again, when you're trying to recruit in an NIL world and you don't have NIL resources and you're a year behind your competition in the conference, this is what happens. Hopefully by next year, once that minor collective is really in play and he can utilize those resources like he needs it, we will see a much different result on the court for UTEP basketball. Yeah, I also agreed. I agree completely what you're saying right there, and I disagreed with what Ed said in that call that you just heard right there. He was saying, well, college athletes out there, they just look at your brand of basketball, and then they decide whether or not you want to go. That's not true. That's that's really not. The philosophy and the focus behind the coaching staff in recruiting this year's team was to get a defensive-oriented group, not a lot of baggage behind them, have chips on your shoulder, had had maybe some Division One experience before but I think this year after you know this offseason the priority will be shooters that's just the bottom line proven scores and proven shooters at this uh, division one level and by the way when they come into town here's what's going to happen they'll they'll tour the facilities they'll see the national championship trophy they'll see Texas Western they'll see Glory Road and then they'll ask how much are you going to pay me And that's the honest-to-God truth of what college basketball recruiting is like right now. And that's the way it's going to be here. Don't think they're not going to come here because of El Paso as a city or anything like that. That's garbage. They'll come, and they'll want to get paid. And depending on how much money UTEP offers to pay them, that will be the quality of talent that comes in next season and in future seasons for UTEP basketball. That's right. I mean, bottom line, there's no, there's really not a lot to say more than that when it comes to their philosophy behind recruiting and how they get quality players. You can look back to Rodney Terry's squads year after year. He was getting quality guys, but the problem that fans had was they, they felt like they he couldn't get the most out of them. I feel like Joe Golding's got the most out of these guys who are on the current roster right here, but he doesn't have the right guys. Mm-hmm. The, they've gone to the limit. We've seen the ceiling right here, and the ceiling is competing against the best teams in conference. He was and really good teams across uh, college basketball. 42 passed. We'll come back, wrap up hour number two. Still to come, Mike Kirby, head coach, NMSU baseball. We'll preview the Aggies this season. The sports talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm ABC 7 Stephanie Valle with your top stories on this Friday, February 17th on 600 ESPN El Paso. The El Paso FBI says agents are investigating a bomb threat at the El Paso International Airport. In a statement, Special Agent in Charge Jeffrey Downey said the FBI and airport were made aware of a bomb threat to an airplane scheduled to depart from El Paso and land at Chicago O'Hare International Airport today. American Airlines Flight 2051 was diverted off the tarmac before takeoff. 
Downey added they always assess the situation following a threat, but there is no known credible threat to the aircraft or passengers at this time. The FBI says they are still trying to determine the person or group responsible for making the threat. We'll have more details coming up on ABC 7 at 5 and 6. Pebble Hills High School was under a brief lockdown earlier this afternoon. A text was sent to parents just before noon to inform them of the lockdown. Socorro School District officials said the lockdown was due to a video circulating on social media showing a teen with a gun. El Paso Police and Socorro ISD Police say the teen in the video was identified and the video may have been old. The threat was deemed not credible and the lockdown was lifted after 1 p.m. SISD officials say one person being detained by the school this afternoon was unrelated to the lockdown. Sale of Vista Mall is back open after a deadly shooting there two days ago. The mall reopened at 10 this morning and the parking lots were already filling up by 11. Just two days ago, it was a very different scene. Law enforcement officials descended on the mall after a person was shot and killed there. According to police, two groups of people got into a fight in the food court. Shots were fired and one person was killed. Three others remain hospitalized. Two people have been arrested. Download the StormTrack weather and traffic app. Get news on the ABC7 app on air and online at KVIA.com. I'm ABC7 Stephanie Valle for 600 ESPN El Paso. Wind things down with a couple of wrecks going on. First on the east side airway in Edgebury, we have a crash. Also northeast Dyer in Marie Tobin. On the freeway, things have eased up a bit, but you're still in that uh, congested traffic, I-10 East, Piedras, through the uh, Spaghetti Bowl area up to the Juarez Port of Entry. You're single file on that right lane going to the Juarez Port of Entry. On the other side of the fence, I-10 uh, westbound lanes going to the Juarez Port of Entry. That still stacks up the traffic on that right lane back to about Paisano, US-54 South to the Juarez Port of Entry. That's also stacked up traffic right there, so just keep that in mind. I-10 West, Mesa to Red, typical slowing that we get there. This update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon. Open for dining to carry on. Famous tortilla soup. We have a home of the first sopa, uh, sopa pia. Thank you for choosing Leo's. We have the delicious chile con carne, the uh, fajitas, gorditas, chicken, and mole, and much more on the menu there. Go Miners, Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon, Charlie 1600 ESPN, El Paso. Get unlimited talk and text plus 8 gigs of high-speed data for just $40 a month. Plus unlimited carryover data. TrackPhone Wireless. Now you're in control. See terms and conditions at TrackPhone.com. If you need a home loan, start local with First American Bank Experienced Mortgage Originator. Now whether you're a first-time home buyer or a repeat buyer, the steps to buying a home, well, can feel overwhelming. That's why we're here to help guide you through the home buying process. Because as your trusted mortgage partner, when you succeed, we do too. Find out how we can get it done for you. First American Bank, local first since 1903. Equal housing lender. Saturday, February 25th, Speaking Rock presents The Atomic Punks, a tribute to early Van Halen. Experience the days of Diamond Dave and Eddie Van Halen with the Atomic Punks, a tribute to early Van Halen, live and free. Saturday, February 25th at Speaking Rock. Ages 21 and over. Go to Speaking Rock's Facebook for more information.
This is Steve Kaplowitz, and 600 ESPN El Paso has a great way for you to enjoy sports talk on demand. Download our show by subscribing to the free 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts on your Apple or Google Play device. After that, you can enjoy the best of sports talk each day, delivered commercial-free to your phone or tablet. That's right, all the best calls, interviews, and insight with the touch of a button, so you never miss a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using Upside, the free app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back just for buying the gas I was going to buy anyway. But is it a hassle to use? No, it's super fast fast and easy. And I can cash out whenever I want. That's a total no-brainer. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GALLON for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's promo code GALLON. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GALLON for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GALLON. 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk, 49 now past the hour. 505-6009, that is our telephone number. We'll do some NMSU uh, baseball coming up, top of our 6 o'clock hour. Um, I know the phone lines have been quiet today. They weren't yesterday. They were rocking on minor talk. We'll get back to the mashup in just a moment. First, awards to give out. Who was uh, the recipient of our hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. This was Calvin Solomon. He he alone helped the Miners on an 8-0 run to close out the first half, which was impressive in itself. Uh, Calvin Solomon, somebody who has provided uh, a, bit, a much-needed spark to the starting lineup for this team. He's consistent night in, night out. The one thing you wish he could uh, kind of limit is the turnovers along with some of the fouls that he has. But yesterday also contributes with five steals. Very impressive effort by Calvin Solomon, who is our hot hand of the game. Excellent. By the way, uh, I know it's been cold the last couple of days i was checking the temperatures out it's going to be in the 60s all next week then going into the 70s before you know it it'll be the 80s and 90s and hundreds which means yep it's going to be hot you need to cool off you need that refrigerated system 
Champion Heating and Cooling, folks. You can get the dual system from Wind Supply of El Paso. Champion right now, about as popular a name as you're going to get. And Wind Supply of El Paso, the exclusive dealers for all Champion products. You want to find your closest dealer to where you live? Just click on the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. It'll take you to a map of the city, and you'll be able to find exactly the closest dealer towards uh, your home windsupplyelpaso.com let's do now player of the game from our friends at Keats Southwest this is Zarek Onyema 16 points a career high for the El Pasoan also contributed yesterday with two blocks which was impressive his career high game in Zarek Onyema uh, and he stood out I mean you know he goes 7 of 11 from the field meanwhile everybody else is struggling to score the basketball not for Zarek Onyema last night Awesome. By the way, Keats Southwest, the leaders in metal stamping here in El Paso. In fact, their customers rely on their expert design and developmental services. They can create everything. A full range of metal components in all sizes, from simple to intricate, and they can even handle up to 50 million parts. That's right. You want to learn more? Go online. KeatsSW.com. We got a couple of minutes left to go in the hour. Let's get some more calls in from Minor Talk last night. Back to the mashup here on Sports Talk. Mike from the West Side's next. Mike, good evening. What's going on? It seems like we could never gain any ground on him in the second half, but to hear the coach say after the game that it's a failure of leadership and nobody wants to be a leader, that that was a cringe moment, and let me tell you why. Yeah, I agree. When you're down by 14 and you have an open layup and you decide to play – alley-oop, dunk the ball, showboat. When you're down by 14, I'll tell you where the leader is. It's called a coach, and you should have benched, he should have benched Shamar right there. I don't care what the score is. Show me a team that doesn't know how to take an easy two on a layup. I'll show you a team that has trouble shooting free throws, okay? And yeah. the second thing I would like to see is since we're going nowhere, have you seen Derek Hamilton and... Kevin Kalu on the court at the same time, even once this year. I mean, well, back in the day, we had Bohannon and Lang. We didn't uh, win the NCAA or anything, but we had two big guys that would tear up the middle. And if we're not going to be shooting threes, and you know they're going to go down low, I want to see these two guys out on the court. And every time he puts Derek Hamilton in, all he does is score two, three, four, five points, blocks up the middle. He's been trouble for their big men all year long, and they take him out. I'm with Mike on this. Maybe now it's time to start experimenting, doing things a little different, because after all, as he said, the team's not going anywhere. We pretty much realize that. So why not do things we haven't seen this year and maybe get a little more Derek Hamilton and pair him up with Kevin Kalu and see what those two can do? Yeah, I mean, uh, when you look at the season as a whole, Hamilton has played in 16 of the 24 games. And out of those, I mean, probably what, averaging like five minutes at most? He he doesn't play many minutes at all. And it's just to try something different. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point behind this. In my opinion, the big try something different move uh, is, is impossible right now at this point. But it could have been playing Jamal Sumlin, uh, not necessarily redshirting him this year, although they chose to do that. But hindsight's twenty twenty. If they hadn't redshirted him, he could have been a backup guard for this team, aside from just uh, Carlos Lemus and, uh, of course, um, you know Malik Zachary instead of Mario McKinney, who's indefinitely suspended. 
there's still time to to get him out of his red shirt. I don't know if they'll do that, but yeah. I would, wouldn't it be kind of interesting? I think so. It would. It would be very interesting, I think. Yeah. All right, listen, good stuff. We got more coming up, 6 o'clock hour. Stay with us. Up next, though, we'll talk a little uh, Aggie baseball. Season kicks off this weekend. Head coach is next. That's right. We'll do that right after uh, this. 600 ESPN El Paso.